New AG, All right, this is WAG 103, top of the hour at 1 p.m. Saturday, this beautiful afternoon, snowy. I am Shayla Glenn here in the studio for Hot Sexy Fly, the hottest, sexiest, and flyest artist here in the triad. We have in the studio today, Chris, you want to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. I am Christopher Fowler. I creatively go by Christopher Fowler, also known as CK.FKA. You know what? Let me get you on that mic right there if you want to grab that. Is this better? Oh, yeah. There we go. Perfect. Yeah. If you go, I want to go ahead and do your introduction again. Yeah, sure. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, I'm Christopher Fowler. I creatively go by CK.FKA or Christopher Fowler. I am a digital and photographer, and I love art. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. It's an art show. Um... All right, Chris. So you are a UNCG student. Yes, I am. Is that correct? Yes, I'm a sophomore. Okay. What's your major? I'm an art administration major. Okay. Yeah. And where are you originally from? Um, I grew up and I was born in Durham, North Carolina. Um, So the only reason I'm in Greensboro is for school. So, yeah. Okay. And I know that Durham has a really big artist community. Mm -hmm. How would you say it was kind of growing up in that environment? Um, I went to an art school. I went to Durham School of the Arts in Durham. So it was downtown. So in a lot of our free time, we had the chance to go off campus and see a lot of creative outlets, um, especially in the center of downtown near the Bull. Um, I do know there was a lot of cultural uh, art stuff like the Bimbe in Durham. So there were a lot of creative outlets, I would say, in Durham. Uh, It's affected me positively. Uh, creatively, I would say. Mm-hmm. Okay. And just because this is more of like an audio sort of uh, media format, if yeah. you will, um, how would you define your photography style for the average listener? Mm. I would describe it as, uh, I, I, I think my art is something that is vibrant in colors, especially since I've, I take pictures and capture a lot of people of color. I want to embody like the most vivid and vibrant, like browns and tans. And uh, I like the color pink a lot. So there's a lot, of, <laughs> there's a lot of pinks and blues and uh, light under hues of red. Okay. Um, and sometimes there's, it's like a vintage feel almost uh, mixed with a bit of futurism, I would say. Yeah, yeah I definitely say that whenever I look at it, I'm like, this feels summery. Yes, definitely. It's like, it's, it's yeah. like a pop in your face. Like the, mm-hmm. um, even with the... Um, is it called like the pinks when something is like kind of soft like cotton candy yeah you know what i mean there's a word for it sorry this is an art show and i don't know the words for colors there it is pastel Mm -hmm. definitely um Um, yeah yeah no you definitely have i think it's very in your face but it's still very soft yeah definitely like you said like i don't know what it is about cotton candy it's just like the pink and blue the gradient um it's always brought me peace. It's like uh, that moment when the sun is about to go down and it's like everything goes from like sky blue just to almost red and pink. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really relaxing. So I put that in a lot of my photos, especially like when I'm doing like um, a more so LED light type of thing mm-hmm. uh, and it's like hot pink and blue. It's just something that's really calming to me. And right. I love using that in all of my art. Whatever the vibe is, I guess. Yeah, whatever, whatever the style. The vibe is, definitely. Right, right, right. Um, and so what kind of photography do you do? 
Um, I use a, a DSLR, so it's digital photography. Um, I want to try getting involved with film a little bit Ooh. more. I know it's kind of a crazy dip in the pond, but um, I do mainly digital photography right now. Okay, we'll, we'll jump back to that film because yeah. I'm ready to open that Pandora box. Mm -hmm. But what drew you to digital photography specifically? Um, what drew me to digital photography? So going out with friends in high school, um, an old friend of mine, we would always just have a camera on standby and we would just capture moments without any plan. Like I wouldn't dress a certain way. I wouldn't, I would, it would just be really impromptu and organic and I really appreciated that. Right, crop top so, in the snow. Crop top in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, like just being able to know that I can have something as small as a camera by my side and just snap something as quick as seeing someone on the side of a street or a friend of mine, if we're going to Charlotte, uh, just the essence of being organic is definitely a big part of why I got into digital digital photography and let alone photography period. But there's also like the editing component of it. I really do appreciate going into Photoshop and the creative cloud and being able to use it as my playground. Like watching my dad um, growing up, he used uh, Photoshop for graphic design. And from then I saw graphic design elements I could put into photography and digital digitally editing things. Um, and being able to draw what I want into my photography if I can't see something in person. Mm -hmm. So there's just like a lot of ways of manipulation that I appreciate about that. Okay, I definitely, I will say that I was very excited to have you on the show because mm -hmm. I would say we have very, very different styles. Yes. And I was, yeah. I was like, I want to know all the reasons. <laughs> um, so I do film and if I can help it, I, unless there's, you know, like whatever, a color issue, mm -hmm. I try not to edit. Um, what do you feel is like, when you edit, are you looking for something specifically that helps you? Do you feel like there is something about it that is like brings an extra oomph other than not keeping it or keeping the photos raw? Um, I when I see a raw picture when I first implement it into Photoshop, you know, I I see that as like just the base. It's just kind of like, oh, I like the picture because like when you take a picture in person and you see it on the, the screen of a camera. It's like, oh, I like that picture. Mm -hmm. But then when you take it into Photoshop, it's like, I like that picture. Um, <clears throat> you kind of question yourself and what you can do creatively to make it something of your own. Mm -hmm. It's like, I can't, I, can't, I can't even explain it. It's just Well, something. it also is digital, yeah, which is a completely different, it's right, like baseball right. versus soccer. So like, it's just being able to go back into like, you know, Photoshop and edit something and I think what I want, like when I think of something in my head, like I think of things like in spurts of colors and scenes. So bringing out certain colors in the uh, base image, like if there's a green, if I'm in a parking garage and there's mm -hmm. like a lot of cold tones, like grays and blues and greens from the lights overhead, I wanna bring that through. Like uh, with my most recent photo shoot I did with one of my models, Asha, um, I had her in a photo, I had her in a parking garage and was like a lot of green lighting and she wanted like a matrix feel okay. and like with the color scheming of matrix there's like a there's like a lot of cool tones and greens and blues and blacks with a lot of vibrant neut neutral tones like uh browns mm -hmm. so i just brought up all those colors and it just gives you that sense of being in another world and that's really okay. cool yeah that actually is a perfect segue into what i'm going to ask you next is like when what are you looking to create when you create an image <sighs> when i create an image um more specifically, I look more towards when I'm creating an image with that person 
because it's very special being that a lot of people that I capture are people of color. Mm -hmm. um, and being that they're people of color and they're in front of my camera lens, there's often this notion of not having a safe space to be fully themselves. And when I'm creating with someone, I want to be able to create a space for them that's uniquely their own. Uh, like, if it's a man, I want him to be able to feel like he can freely be himself if it's feminine, masculine, or anything in between. Mm -hmm. If it's a black woman, having to not having to shy away from the tropes of the negative trope of being a strong black woman and embodying what it means to that person to be that kind of woman or mm -hmm. that kind of uh, entity and someone who takes up space. So would you say that, because you're emphasizing the models a lot mm -hmm. in your dialogue, do you say that you are showing the models how they want to be viewed yeah. in the lens? Yeah, like um, when they're in front of my camera, like I tell all of my models, like no matter if they're professional or if they have never been in front of the camera, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Yeah. Like, I, I want you to Interesting. feel... Interesting. Yeah, like, yeah. I just... I, I'll give them, like, helpful hints at the beginning, but I'm not going to tell them how to pose. I'm not going to tell them what works for them, what side is best for them. It's like a... It's a collaborative, so I want them to feel like they have a hand in this as well. Like, I'm not just the person saying, I think you should do this, or you need mm -hmm. to do that. It's very... You have to do it, and you have to believe in yourself that you are capable of portraying this message creatively to a wider right audience. this is you are the topic you yes. are the model yeah and i'm just helping you get to that point i'm kind of like a vessel with my camera okay definitely like car um i will say you do model yes you are in front and behind yes. the scenes um how has being a model played a part in you being a photographer i think with i know with being a model it's a lot of insecurity uh that isn't really talked about um I know in front of the camera, for me, there's some things I'm not even willing to do because I'm not there, yes, like safely with myself to be like, I think I'm ready to show this to the world. And having that point of view in front of the camera and taking that same perspective behind the camera and working with someone in front of it, it's like you, it's basically like treat people how you want to be treated. Like as a model, I want to be able to be comfortable, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I want to be pushed to my limit where I still feel like I'm you know, able to do things creatively that are out of my, out of my circle. Um, so it just gives me I mean, insight on how to treat people creatively and how to see people creatively and working with, uh, working with insecurities rather than working against them. Right. Have you worked with other photographers? I earlier in like maybe late high school I have, mm -hmm. um, but not as of recently. It's something that is very like kind of scary to me because yeah. the clashing of aesthetics or like if aesthetics work really well together, that's really interesting. So that is definitely a goal of mine. Yeah, it's a vulnerability. Very much. Definitely yeah. because you're like, all right, I'm giving my self-image right. and for you to craft. Yes. And I really like the take of being able to take your own directions because um, I would say we're pretty similar mm -hmm. and that I, uh, we're twins. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also do modeling, but um, it is interesting working with different photographers and yeah. you'll see more people are hands-on and they want to give you specific directions right. versus others are like this is this is all you baby like you're you're making it you're yeah. breaking it yeah and it really just depends on the individual on what they like there's really there's no right or wrong i would Definitely. say but i do lean more towards the like you're the model you're creating the image mm -hmm. love that for sure yeah. um all right i will definitely say that we're gonna go ahead and play a commercial break right now because the next question i have for you is gonna <laughs> 
It's a little bit more intense, and I want to give you more than three minutes to talk about it. (laughs) All right, one second. You're listening to WAG 103. For the 23rd year in a row, the University of North Carolina, Greensboro, has begun its Michael Jordan on, as the school was named to the Princeton Review's 387 Best Colleges. It's quite the notable distinction for UNCG, as only 14% of the institutions in the nation are named to the list. Our beautiful campus and wonderfully diverse and inclusive student body were among the chief reasons for UNCG's placement on the list. And now it is time to go for 24. This has been Braiding with your Newton Sports Update. Thanks for listening and keep tuning in to WAG 103.1 for more news, sports, and music. All right, we are back in the studio. Hot, sexy, fly, WG103 with Chris. <laughs> Chris, I have a big question for <laughs> you. It's very vague. Okay. Um, all right, you spoke about earlier that one of the bigger inspirations, um, you did speak about the black experience, and we'll get into that, but mm-hmm. queer culture specifically. Yes. What about queer culture inspires you? Uh, specifically about queer culture. Um, I love this question so yeah. much. Uh, queer culture is something that has defined how I express myself. Uh, it, being in the South, it's uh, a lot of stigma around being queer, especially in the black community. Um, and growing up, watching things like you know RuPaul's Drag Race or right, right, right. Paris is Burning. Quick um, pivot. Who's your favorite queen? Uh, ooh. Um, <laughs> right now, it's Simone from the House of Avalon. <gasps> she is great. Love her so much. Yeah. Baby oiled up. Everything. Everything. <laughs> Body never not fully glowing. Literally. I'm yeah. more of, I like, um, I'm a classic. I like the mm-hmm. Trixie Katya pairing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Every day. I like yeah. I like Katya's like. They have good energy together. Yeah. Very good. Rotted Very vibe. Comedic. Anyway, mm-hmm. continue. But um, yeah, um, with queer culture, like growing up and seeing like watching Paris is Burning at like maybe middle school, early high school, mm-hmm. I, I saw like the familial aspect of queer culture, especially in the ballroom scene, like the idea of having a chosen family. Um, and that's just really, I think that's so special to me because with the people that you work with in photography, yeah, you don't always choose who they are, but when you do get to choose who you work with, it's like you're, it, they become family. Like they are implementing something into your art. Like you're, you get to know them at a really personal level, like what they're insecure about, what they don't want people to see, what they do want people to see. Mm-hmm. And I can connect that with like the familial aspect of queer culture, uh, even with gender performance. Um, how, especially as of recently, people are branching away from the norm of what it means to be a man or a woman or anything in between. Uh, that's definitely something I want to portray in my art, and I feel deeply connected to that. Uh, although I am a, I identify as a man. Right, right. Um, right. Just seeing the 
diversity within queer culture and how people are on a spectrum of gender and how they describe themselves to a wider audience creatively, it's really inspiring. So yeah, I, queer culture is definitely something that has made me who I am. Has it played a part in your own like gender performance in your fashion? Um, yes, I yes, definitely. Uh, growing up, uh, I was more so. I think my parents would know. Um, like, I wasn't I wasn't the most normal kid. Um, I was more drawn to more feminine stuff, like uh, girls and color pink, and I was obsessed with Lady <laughs> feminine Gaga. Feminine stuff, <laughs> girls, yeah, yes, loved it. But here I am. Queer as day. <laughs> right, 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 right. But um, I love to see it. Yeah, like uh, it's just, I think with my ex- my uh, performance of how I identify as a man, it's more so just you know, not being afraid to to bend the rules or break them. Like a man in a crop top, it's never it's been seen, especially in the nineties. Uh, a man mm-hmm. in makeup, like people don't really, I don't think of people a lot of the time think that men wear makeup all the time. Like especially when you're looking at news, men wear makeup or. Uh, every day on the street, some men are wearing makeup to hide insecurities. Like it's just small little details that people do, not just men, that are applicable to everyone. I think, um, yeah, it's just there's these stigmas around gender performance and it having to be. If you're a man, you need to do this. Like it's just you have. It's just how it is. Mm-hmm. And with me and my performance, I'm like, no, that's really boring. I don't really want to wear a pantsuit to prom. I want to wear leather chaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah I've seen that. It's yeah. something like that. It's it's just knowing that I can break the rules and not feel bad about it. Like I'm black. I can do anything that I want. Right. <laughs> it's that kind of vibe. That's yeah. a great attitude. I'm if if I get a tagline out of this little podcast right <laughs> yeah, now, like I'm, I'm black. black. I can do I can whatever do I, want. I want. Yeah, yeah, literally. Um, I some of the uh, on your website, some mm-hmm. of the inspirations that you listed. Um, obviously, they are uh, queer, but there are also notably like you were talking about the Ninja House, mm-hmm. uh, RuPaul. Um, I think you also mentioned uh, the Mitzray queer culture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These uh, it seems to me like these are houses of people of color. Yes. Yes. Um, have you been in the ballroom scene? Have you seen? We do I, live in North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. I've I've interacted with people who have who are like direct sons and daughters wow. of people in the ballroom scene. But it's my dream to go up to New York one day, or maybe even Atlanta, mm. to go to an underground ballroom scene. Like, yeah, it's just the environment and the family and like the competition, the friendly competition, especially when it gets cutthroat. I love it. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Um. So those influences specifically, mm-hmm. do you feel like you have these influences because it's like reflected of what, of yourself, of your own identity? Yeah, um, I definitely, I do know that that is a reflective, like when I see them, I see myself in a way where it's like they came to the ballroom scene initially because people weren't accepting them in the real world. So mm-hmm. especially as a person of color, we have to make spaces of our own to feel accepted. And with like the Mizrahi culture, like the founding father, Andre Mizrahi, mm-hmm. he took people in. Um, he was fathering children who were running away from home, uh, who weren't accepted in their families. Um, and like with RuPaul, like him growing up in the in the South and making such a huge impact in the ballroom scene, walking even uh, like with mainstream shows like Pose or uh, Legendary. Mm-hmm. It's just... Ballroom is becoming a thing now that is much more than just voguing. It's like it showcases the family aspect of what it means to be queer, even if you're not a person of color. 
Right. Like it's just the founding. In the mainstream in for the, the ma- first time. Literally. Yeah. Like it's just it's a it's a way of life really. And mm-hmm. it creates a safe space and it's helped so many people get out of dark places in their lives. And that's just so inspiring to me. Right. I love that. Yeah, no, definitely. Um and Mizrahi, is that connected to the Jewish um I'm not, I'm honestly not sure why they chose that name. Okay. I did a little bit of research, but I couldn't really find why. Because I saw that. I was like, ooh. Mm-hmm, yeah. This, that's, that's, I bring up uh, Barabat Mitzvahs at least mm-hmm. once every show. <laughs> so at any time, I'm like, is there? Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why Andre Mizrahi chose that. Okay. That but um, I do know that uh, when founding uh, houses, legendary houses like Mizrahi, it was based in Paris. Um mm-hmm. They're just gifted. So maybe it was a lineage thing. Well, you sure. also spoke about the ninja house, and mm-hmm. I looked more into that, and I don't believe that they were Asian. It was just like they yeah. they appreciated the culture and the inspiration. Mm-hmm. And I mainly, well, I think connecting that to my art, the ninja house, uh, they're so iconic. Like the movements that they have, I look to them more so for the movement of ballroom culture, like specifically voguing and mm. walking. Uh, like when I reflect that onto my photography, I can I could tell people like, oh, if you you know move your hands like this, or if you move in this motion, it'll give this sense or this air about you. Right, Stuff this like confidence. That. Mm-hmm, that I confidence. desperately want to learn how to Vogue and duck no, walk really. and all the. Yeah, I've tried. I'm trying out here, but then rings start flying everywhere because I'm always wearing rings and they're not tight enough. It's right. chaotic energy, really. I am like a. a toothpick white heterosexual woman <laughs> so it's, it's already like i'm in the weeds out here yeah but like yeah. you know whatever if i if i pick up a class i pick up a class yeah and like even like o- over like when quarantine first started back in 2020 like being on tiktok all the time i would look at voguing on uh, tiktok uh there's so many voguers like um hmm, there's so many that come to mind uh but yeah like just looking at voguers on tiktok and just seeing what you can do, mm-hmm. it's, it's not easy. It's really an arm workout. Like, I tried it last night just listening to some music, and I'm not fit for it. Um, Ooh, um, <laughs> I'm taking introduction to dance. Oh, wow. So we're, like, I'm not trying to get in the deep end. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, please if do. I end, if I, end, I do end up performing. Good pieces. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, we're going to talk more specifically about... Again, quoting from your website. Um, also, if you want to go ahead and plug your website, yeah, sure. get it in there. Um, so my website is under the name Photosynthesis. Um, I just started this uh, this brand of mine in December, and you can find it on photosynthesis.jpg on Instagram, and the website is linked in the bio. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find all of my photography. Um, my main account is ck.fka, but my photosynthesis website link is in my bio for that, for that as well on Instagram. And what are the services you're advertising? I advertise editing services as well as photography. I soon hope to like kind of learn about uh, videography. That's mm. something I love a lot. Even with working with the iPhone, it's I've tried it, and editing is almost practically the same, especially color grading and. Um, visuals uh with videos uh, like it is with photoshop so okay yeah. okay got you um so if anyone's interested in that follow that plug please do um all right now so on your website you state specifically that black women and queer mm-hmm. black men are yes. your inspiration please elaborate yes please i will um so like i said earlier there's a trope around black women that they're strong and they're, they can endure everything and it's so toxic and growing up, 
and having many black women in my life. Like I, even in elementary school, I got the opportunity to see like black women and black men being my teachers. Mm. Um, and that was inspirational to me, but specifically black women, they have this aura about them. Uh, aside from them being strong and being able to endure a lot, they have humility and they have attitude and they have like layers, sexiness and layers. Yeah, like, yeah. The way that they can evolve and change in different environments is so inspirational. Same with queer black men. And I think the intersectionality between queer black men and black women is the culture really like the contributions that they've made into society and how we talk all the way down to TikTok, like saying it's giving or yes or oh, yeah. stuff like that. What is it? What is it? I've heard it <laughs> that there's a certain people make fun of the certain person that goes, it's like, yes, honey, slow the house down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. so like, cringy. Just all at once. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like knowing how like that, that was derived from queer black culture. Like yeah. the lexicon that we've implemented into today's society. It's now on like mugs at it's TJ Maxx. It's on mugs and t-shirts and it's on the front of gay pride floats. I don't know oh, why yeah. I'm being confident off of. <laughs> but <June> happens. <laughs> yeah, but it's just inspirational. Um, I've seen a lot of, how do you feel about the, the like businesses? The moment the it turns June being capitalism. like, hi gay. Yeah, rainbow yeah. capitalism. I love it. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> It's, it's honestly, it's, we live in America, capitalist okay. society. That's like, I understand you got to make your money in coin somehow, but right. marginalized communities, like we're being profited off of. And, and they're exploited. not giving, they're and not being given the money. Exactly. Yeah, like, it's yeah, just yeah. performative activism. And I honestly hate it with the burning passion. Yeah. But it just keeps the people who are oppressing us in place. And yeah. the only way to fight against it is to keep creating and defying what it means to be in that space and not to be profited off of. Right. I hear you. Anti anti capitalist so here. Yeah. <laughs> um but I, I did I interrupt you? You no. were talking about um uh so we spoke about black women. Right. But yes. queer black men. Queer black men, yes. Um <clears throat> queer black men, being that I am one, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. Um especially there's a lot of hate that there's like a, a lot of home calls made from inside the house when it comes with being queer in the black community. There's a stigma. Um, Home being, calls. Like, you know, um, a cis hetero black man uh, hating another or showing homophobia towards a queer black man. Mm. Um, it It's discouraging, yes, but it's one of those things where it's like you have to realize we're kind of in this together. Like, at the end of the day, queer black men and queer black people and black people in general were black before we're anything else. And knowing that we have to stick together and have like a source of, uh, I can't explain how, how do I say it? Um, being able to be a family, even though we don't come from the same background within our sexual orientation, mm -hmm. uh, queer black men often contribute so much to like so many uh, communities within society, uh, fashion, cosmetology, uh, hair, dance, especially dance, like there's so many black men like Lionel, I mean, not Lionel, Richie, <laughs> um, uh, Richie Squirrel, like Lady Gaga's choreographer and like, um, I forgot the man who choreographed the Cardi B up. Uh, yeah. But like there's right. just so many, um, so many outlets that queer black men have put into society like, and we're powerful. We're really powerful, especially with other queer people, not just men, like just Black people. I mean, y'all are so powerful. You've made the culture Honestly, in America. Like you made and the. I mean, we have. Yeah. 
I mean, like, okay, the dances, the styles, mm-hmm. the, yeah. I yeah. mean, look, if you look at, um, you said before, you know, like with Paris is Burning. The first time I watched that, I was also in middle school, twins, mm-hmm. once again. Um, <laughs> I remember, like, hearing that for the first, like, hearing the dialogue, and I was like, this is the 80s. Yeah. And, this, like, they're the saying, different. you know, all this vocabulary or whatever mm-hmm. that we use yeah. now. Definitely. Yeah. I think, like, when talking to my friends, like, it, there's a lot of code switching for me personally. Because mm. if I'm talking to someone who's like, you know, says hat and I'm using terms like, mm, it's giving. Like, it's just kind of like, Chris, <laughs> we don't have the same, we don't have the same vernacular. We can't, it's like kind of a blockage sometimes when it comes to talking to other people that come from different cultures, like within gender, or not gender, but uh, queerness. Mm. Um, but like we said, like, the contributions that queer black men have made into society, queer black people have made into society, how we talk to each other and communicate on a personal level. It's just so special and it's really, it's cool. Yeah. Um, We're going to dive a little bit deeper into, because Chris, you have layers and layers, as we were (laughs) saying, of identity. We're going to speak about later about the being a queer black man in the South. Yeah. We're going to get into that, but real quick, we're going to go ahead and hear from our... Sponsors of Feeding America, Women and Family. I'm working two jobs and my husband works too. My kids go to school with your kids. We live right next door. You know my family and me pretty well, but here's one thing you don't know. I'm one out of every six Americans and my family is struggling with hunger. Like you, we believe in this country. What's hard to believe is in the land of milk and honey, how many hardworking Americans have to choose between paying bills and feeding their families. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank for ways to help. Every dollar you donate helps provide seven meals for those around you quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. To help fight hunger in the Greater Triangle and Southeastern North Carolina and to find your local food bank, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. You are adored, but you see you're alone like I'm nothing at all. That's how you punish me. One of the triad's largest nonprofit organizations, Industries of the Blind, has been providing jobs and independence to the visually impaired for more than 75 years. As of late, the organization has been expanding their offerings to new and existing clients in government and private industry. A series of events, communications, and their new mission will be reflected in the latest website currently in development. They invite those interested to drop by 920 West Lee Street in Greensboro to find out more about what they do. For more great music, keep listening to WUAG 103.1. All right, we are back in the studio, Hot Sexy Fly, here at 1.30, here at WHE 103, speaking with Chris. Um, the last time before we went to commercial break, we were speaking about the intersectionality, about 
being multi, having a, a multi dimensions to your identity. Yeah. So, Chris, um, for the tuners, uh, for the listeners just tuning in, um, I'm calling you guys tuners now. <laughs> um, where are you from? I'm from Durham, North Carolina, and I go to UNCG. So right now, I reside in Greensboro. Okay. So Durham, North Carolina. How was it growing up as, you were saying, a black queer man in Mm -hmm. the South? How was that? Um, I think, well, going to DSA, Durham School of the Arts, I love that school so much. Um, It gave me a lot of opportunity to have a lot of queer uh, teachers. Um, So growing up in Durham wasn't always, it didn't make me feel alone in the queer culture um, because I had a lot of teachers and mentors that led me, especially when I was like first coming out and having a hard time coping with it and how to maneuver around the hardships of being queer. There was just a lot of, uh, there were a lot of resources handed to me. So Mm -hmm. Durham definitely helped me with that. Okay. And before high school? And before high school, um, elementary school. uh, And mm, that would be a little bit more kind of blurry. Uh, I don't remember too much with growing up growing up in Durham and seeing a lot of queer culture. Um, I wasn't, I, I was a church kid, like mm. I'm a preacher's kid. So wow. <laughs> yeah, I love okay. that. <laughs> um, so I wasn't preacher's really. Preacher's daughter over here. Oh, wow. Twins, really? <laughs> oh, oh, no, 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 no. Not me, you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but um, No, yeah. I am. Do wish. <laughs> oh, well, there, yeah, there yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, growing up in the church scene, um, there wasn't too much talk about queer culture, not mm-hmm. in like the most positive ways all the time. But um, yeah, I, I will say there was a lot of safe spaces for me to uh, express who I was creatively when I was growing up outside of um, elementary school. Definitely like maybe over the summer in summer camps like the YMCA mm. or uh, just hanging out with other friends' families. Like I've, I made a lot of chosen family outside of um, my family growing up. Um, because I wasn't always accepted. Um, but when I did get to that point, I had a lot of people around me and their families who were coaching me and mentoring me and being very therapeutic to me growing mm-hmm. up in Durham. So, yeah. Well, Durham, I hear, is a very artistic mm-hmm. yeah. community. It is. Um, I think Durham is progress. It's very progressive uh, in the area of art and queerness, but then it's hard to find it sometimes. Like. Mm. You have to That's really. How I feel dig. with Greensboro. No, really, Greensboro yeah. is so far. I've only been here for like almost two years, but like it's yeah. it's outside of UNCG. It's hard to find like it is a creative treasure outlet. hunt. It, it really cra- is. We're gonna get back to this is an interview <laughs> yeah. about your work and you know promoting. But I will say that one of the reasons I started this show was I remember having a conversation with my roommate when I was mm-hmm. a freshman year, and I was like, I don't know. I was just like. I know there is an art scene here. Yeah. Like, I know it's here. And it's just like, I know it's hidden or something. And I just have to find it. Because, like, mm-hmm. especially, I think you're a sophomore. Yes. Yes. Okay. So we came in around the same time we came in around the corona yeah, eras exactly. where everyone was like, there was no campus. Yeah. We were <laughs> locked up. We were straight up yeah. not having a good time. Sealed shut. Stay in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no. And I think that's a big reason that I started the show. Because I was yeah. like... This is a great opportunity, well, obviously, to speak about mm-hmm. the experience of every artist. Yeah. But also, like, where are the artists? <laughs> well, yeah, like, when you find Hunting. them, are they under the bridges? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the artists are 
asking riddles under the bridges here yeah. at Greensboro. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Do you feel, I will say, do you feel supported as an artist in Greensboro? Yeah, I, I feel supported within the realm of UNCG. I've always seen college as like a bubble. Like once you step out of the bubble into the real world of being in Greensboro and not at UNCG, it gets kind of sparse. Mm. Um, but within the bubble of being at UNCG, I do feel supported as an artist because there's so many uh, opportunities that are handed down to the administration through emails and stuff like that. And working at the Weatherspoon, um, my okay. freshman year, it gave me a lot of connections. Like with Juliet Bianco, she's amazing. She gave me insight and a lot of opportunities to network within art uh, at the museum. I like was on an initiative called WAM. Um, it was like a student-led initiative that, uh, yeah, I love the name too. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> but, I was um, just thinking that's so funny because uh, the radio is called WAG. Yeah. <laughs> WAM and WAG, yeah, yeah, WAM and yeah. WAG. Um, but yeah, like working on the WAM team, it gave me insight of how to be a creative within a system of the arts. Like, it's not just something where it's like, oh, you're a student working at the museum. So yeah, they gave me a lot of opportunity and support creatively. Um, and UNCG has given me creative support uh, a lot recently. Um, I got two magazine features with my work in them because okay. of UNCG, so I'm really yeah, happy yeah, about yeah. that. Um, but it's a working a work in progress for trying to maneuver the creative world outside of that. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's good to hear. Um, all right, I will go ahead and bring it back to Durham. Um, yeah. Do you believe your background set limits on your artistry, or do you believe it provided freedom? I think it provided freedom. Um, that knowing that you know, growing up in Durham, the possibilities of being creative were endless. But at the same time, there were parts of Durham that were kind of like conservative about values and stuff. So I saw that, like the more conservative like places in Durham, like the urban places that were more conservative uh, to be my playground. Like I can go into that space and be like, I'm something that you've never seen before. I'm mm. something that makes you uncomfortable. Right. Like I'm not just asking. not like other girls. Right. I'm just not like other girls. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. But you know, like uh, going into a space that was more conservative and not asking for their respect, I take that from you. Like I'm not asking you to respect me. I take it from you. So putting myself into positions that make me uncomfortable, make others uncomfortable in Durham definitely created um, a lot of tenacity that I have now. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. I, that gumption, yeah. Yeah. The yeah, call. No, for, for real. <laughs> I will say, um, I, one of the big, the, the biggest thing I noticed when I was, I already did follow you mm -hmm. and was a fan of your work. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but when I looked more, um, I would definitely say that a big thing that stands out to me from an objective point of view is the emphasis on fashion mm -hmm. and then the emphasis on, of course, the black experience. The black experience, yes. How do those interconnect? <sighs> well, being black... It's 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 like gambling, honestly. It's like, you know, you never know if you're going to come home. You don't know if you're going to be a statistic the next morning. Um, and it's like you kind of live off of the trauma, the traumatizing experiences that you've had growing up and you, that you carry into adulthood and adolescence. And I connect that with fashion because it's a way of expressing yourself. And a lot of the time, black people and a lot of people of color are only handed the scraps from the table, so we have to make with what we have. And sometimes when we make with what we have, we can create things that are bigger than the food that's given on the table to our oppressors, honestly. So connecting that to the experience of taking what you have and being a marginalized community and creating something that's special to your own culture and rocky, like making that a rocket into like mainstream culture, it just goes to show like 
being black and being a fashionista is like it gets you places. It does. And like fashion is a job, honestly. It's fashion like, is a you job. You have it or you yeah. don't. I hate to say it. <laughs> Heavy is the hand. What is it? Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like you know. What is your What is your fashion aesthetic? My fashion aesthetic, it it fluctuates. Mm-hmm. It honestly evolves. Like back in high school, I was doing like oversized clothes because I wasn't really comfortable with how mm-hmm. I looked. Um, but now I am more so exploring just the versatility of what I can do. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I'll just like pair like some baggy dickies with Yeezys and a hoodie or something, just right, something really right. chill. Or the next day I might wear like, um, I don't know, like a cutout tank top with uh, some boots or something. I will say, and th- uh, once again, listeners, um, you'll see when the visual version of this video comes out, but just to give you a little bit of a physical description, um, we're, he is giving <laughs> us, I believe, is it? It's it's hot girl spring, not yeah. quite hot girl summer. Hot girl spring. I yeah. am giving forty year old English teacher. Yeah, that's just my personal belief. I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, like yeah, it's just it's more so about me being comfortable while like actually still acting like I, I actually care. <laughs> right, right, right. But yeah, my aesthetic, I I revolve around like ninety, like the nineties uh, influence in fashion, mm. like a lot of gold, especially against brown skin. I love that so much. Yeah. Um, I take inspiration from the nineties, um, and like the Y two K. Who in the nineties is your biggest? Mm. Do we love the supermodels? Supermodels. RuPaul, I would say. Paul Ripple. Ripple. I would say. More so fashion houses uh, and mm. their aesthetic, like their general aesthetics. Like Mugler in the 80s and 90s were so, oh my gosh, so sexy, so over clean, the over the top. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The, like the oversized blazers with the skin tight mesh uh, cat suits underneath with like the dramatic makeup. I think that was so suave. Mm. Um, or like Versace and their gold and blacks and leathers and mix- mixing of different fabrics. Um, I take inspiration from that. On a mainstream level, but um, more so on like a local level, I, I could say like you know, I have friends who can dress their behinds off. Like yeah, my my one of my close friends, she goes here. Her name is Asha Chinflu. She dresses down. Okay. <laughs> like she's just she just you know the Y two K vibe, the Afrofuturism. Uh, I like there's just so many people and things around me that I take as an inspiration when it comes to fashion, and I love it. I love this is the second Asha name drop. Yeah, I can tell that's she's my a big girl. <laughs> yeah, that's my girl. She's so talented. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me go ahead and it's one forty-two here in the studio. Go ahead and let everybody know the events that are going to be going on that are associated with WAG. All right, January twenty-second. There is nothing today. <laughs> <laughs> um, but tomorrow, Radio Greensboro, River Dogs, seven p.m. For more information, um, you can Google it, and possibly we might have it on our site. All right. Going from fa- I don't want to move off the topic of fashion. <laughs> like, I feel like this is one of my favorite things I've yeah. been asking from you. Um, but you know what? We were talking about inspirations. Mm-hmm. Who are your biggest inspirations, and do you have any local ones? Yeah, um, so like, yeah, local, Asha. That's my girl. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But on a bigger mainstream level, I have I have this like this huge inspiration from this Instagram model. Uh, his Instagram is Eavesdropper. He's like this black model. He wears a lot of the stuff that I like tend to wear, like tight uh, t-shirts with jeans and boots, mm-hmm. that kind of like Wrangler type 
cowboy aesthetic. Oh, um, love the cowboy. I love the cowboy. I want cowboy aesthetic. boots, but they're always like they're so expensive and they're always sold out. I have to like give my firstborn child. Yeah, to get a cowboy boot. I want a hot pink cowboy boot. Elon's tuition for a pair of cowboy boots. Yeah, fifty six. Yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I take inspiration from him. Uh, there's another Instagram I follow named OK Dion. He's like a, a model. Um, but big fashion houses, Gucci, mm. Versace, a lot of Mugler, um, are very inspiring to me. Anything, honestly, like anything I know when I see something like in a big fashion house and knowing I can create it on a budget, it's very inspiring to me. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Um, I will ask you mm-hmm. because I was having this conversation with my friend who I had on the radio, Suwanee's World Tats. Um, <laughs> We were talking about how, listen, if you're not dressing, I can't be friends with you. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, that's so true. Yeah. I, I, was need, I needed the confirmation that yeah. you also feel this way. Like, when I feel like I remember there were times where I would be, like, hungry and, like, going to the cafe. Like, I wouldn't want to go to the cafe because I'd be like, I can't find anything to wear. I would rather be hungry and starving right. than to go out looking like anything like giving you know, me war flashbacks literally like yeah. i refuse to wear crocs outside of my dorm <laughs> yeah like it's just fashion it's just one of those things where it's like if you're not dressing you're not i can't look at you like i want people to have a reason to look at me not just because i'm tall <laughs> like, right <laughs> like oh wow what is he wearing yeah like, a lot of my high school teachers i remember this one time i wore this outfit to high school and she was like chris why are you wearing a vest that's made out of leather like it was just like a mm-hmm. lot of questioning but, like, it's like, I want to wear things because I want people to look at me. Right, yeah. Like, so, yeah, you have to dress. What Dressing is, is like. What is that? It's like a meme. It's like, the outfit looks great. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> They'll love the jacket. You are a jean vest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like, exactly what I, that is. I just, I have my friends, like, everyone in my circle can dress. Yeah. Even when they don't try. I would say 99% of the reason that I would go to bed hungry when I used to live in the dorms mm-hmm. was I was like, I look like garbage. Yeah. I feel like garbage. And I refuse to present that for undercooked pasta. No, pasta that's cold the second it gets on your table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it like moves away, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. as a life of its own. Um, all right. So, Chris, we spoke about you being a digital photographer. Mm-hmm. What other forms of media do you work with and do you feel like they feed into each other? Uh, I, right now, aside from digital photography, I am a digital artist. Um, Before I got into photography, I was like a traditional artist drawing on paper, painting, and stuff like that. Uh, But moving into digital art uh, and using Photoshop, it it was really, it was a cathartic experience for me, um, knowing that I could draw myself. Like, I never like drawing myself. I don't. Mm. But now that's like all that I draw because I can see myself in different, different like scenarios, like action poses and things like that. And I can connect that to what I do now um, because like how I said earlier, like I draw on a lot of the pictures that I take of people um, and with digital art, the possibilities are endless. Like you can make anything. Mm. Um, and that's so cliche. That is, no, 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 it's not cliche. <laughs> I love that. Cause I think one of the big things that as a, as a artist that works with film and attempts to not uh, edit my work, if I can help it mm-hmm. is that I always go, you know what, if I was editing in doing digital, I'd be like, I could have this picture of me and I'm on the moon. You know, like, that is one of those things. I mean, we'll see if I get into, when I get into digital, you get into 
film. Mm-hmm. And then we can both go to the moon. Yes, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, well, you can't. You're doing film. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, digital art, like uh, just drawing. I, I'm trying to get back into that, honestly. I've been focusing like so much on photography. Like sometimes I'll just go to my computer and get out my Wacom tablet and be like, let me make sure I can still draw, question mm-hmm. mark. Yeah. Like, I got up at like maybe five o'clock this morning and I was like, let me just draw something and see if it'll work. And it, it's working, so I'm working on something new now. Wow, okay. <laughs> yeah. Also 5 a.m., geez Louise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, a lot of your work is actually shared uh, via Instagram. Mm-hmm. I try to ask all the artists this. Yeah. Um, how do you feel? Or like, what are the pros and cons of using the social platform? Um. Let's be honest, Instagram is a toxic place. It's yeah. so toxic. It pushes an image very to the like front of everyone's timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't fit that, you're going to be filtered out of the algorithm. If you're um, not constantly creating? If you're not, like, and that's another thing. Like, mm-hmm. the pro of Instagram is it gives you, like, a layout. It gives you insight on what you're doing, how you're doing, how you're performing to different audiences, where your reach is, your numbers, who's saving, commenting, sending liking things that's nice it's cool but then i feel like the cons show more on instagram like when you're not how you say creative all the time like there's that that culture of you have to create all the time like if you're not creating then what are you doing if you're not doing anything you're going to be filtered out of the algorithm and that just down sales in your creative like commissions um so there's there's a con of that and then there's just the con of when you see other creatives work and sometimes like I hate to say it, like sometimes when their other creatives aren't necessarily putting a lot of effort into what they do, they get rave reviews. And it's so discouraging. Yeah. It's like someone could do something so simple. They could slap a filter on something and call it art, which is true. Art is very subjective. Right. But when there's no effort put into it and there's no, like, you know, nurturing and fostering to create something mm-hmm. and you get credit for that, it's so discouraging. And Instagram definitely highlights that a lot. But I try to look, I look at Instagram more so like I don't create what I put out to a wide audience because I want, you know, validation from them. I'm not saying, oh, I want you to see this and like it. It's more so like, I just want you to see this because this is something I care about. This is who I am. And I'm putting that on display for you to see and share. Yeah. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. If you just scroll past and save it, whatever. Right. <laughs> but, you know, taking a professional stance from it saves and views and likes to help. Do you feel like there's a sense of like, because I also have the, like, I don't know, the business side where you constantly see the insights or Mm -hmm, whatever. Do you ever find yourself comparing or how do you avoid that between like, I would say specifically like work you've put out? Yeah. Um, When I I do compare, uh, I'll look at something. If I post like a picture of um, like for Halloween, I did a photo shoot with Asha where we were like recreating Homecoming and I did a FKA Twigs recreation of my favorite album by her. And it's the blue background. Mm-hmm, Love yeah. that one. Um, and when I looked at the insight for that, the likes on that one were amazing. Like it, it did really well. The sends and saves were astronomical. Like they were amazing. Mm-hmm. But then when I'm doing something more personal, although I'm still trying to advertise myself as an artist and a photographer, um, the likes aren't as, they just don't match up. Right, right, So right. it's like, it gets discouraging. Sometimes I compare myself to myself in ways that aren't helpful. Yeah. But um, when I compare myself to like a more local artist who has more insight and uh, influence in the community, I don't I don't ever see like a... Because it's a different con- thing. It's just a different thing. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. It's just, 
your time is gonna like my mom always tells me like Chris your time is gonna come you don't know when it'll come though mm -hmm. um, so I try not to look at it in a way that's gonna be detrimental to my creative health I love that yeah that's really great I definitely I don't know if you have this as well but I usually find that because I'm a photographer and a model mm -hmm. that usually work where I'm just I'm modeling right someone which I'm grateful to be yeah you know with, with presenting someone else's work. Usually with me in front of the camera gets a lot more response than work I create. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. think it's interesting because you're like, okay, well, I want to tune this, right? right. I want to learn and grow as a photographer, but this is getting more likes. Yeah. That's a big comparison for me. Does that happen with you? Yes, it definitely does. Like how I said, like with digital art, like since I haven't been active with that, um, it's not going to get as many likes and attention as it would with my photography. Mm -hmm. And that is kind of discouraging, but it's just a working progress and learning process. Like you have to be active in two different facets of your creative outsources. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm growing to learn it and be comfortable with being active in both paths. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we were talking about quote unquote making it now that, Oh, <laughs> Hit the mic. Uh, whatever that, that means a lot of different things yeah. to a lot of different people. So for you, what are your goals and aspirations? <laughs> um, Not me having a stroke. <laughs> uh, my goals and aspirations. I, I'm not going to lie. Like in 2021, I was so creatively active. I was overworking myself. Like I, I, I kind of got wrapped into hustle culture. It's so toxic. It's feeling like you oh, have okay. to keep moving like I never thought of stop. like hustlers or something oh, no. Like, <laughs> no 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 I was like hold up <laughs> Hustle, what do you mean hustling I was like let's dive into that <laughs> yeah, yeah but like, like I, I felt the need to constantly be creating and having, mm. my, having my camera on my side everywhere that I went um but a goal for me right now is like giving myself a break like resting being able to recharge like yeah I it sucked because like when I first got to campus like I had to isolate and my mom was telling me like Chris, it's it's good that you had to isolate because you know you were you were moving around too much. You need to like slow down. Mm -hmm. So just like taking my time while still being progressive and going further into my artistic journey is my goal this year. But an aspiration for mine creatively, uh, definitely for this year is just to create a signature aesthetic for me that's very on brand for myself while still being unique mm -hmm. and unexpected. Like doing a lot of things and people seeing my 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 work and saying, "Oh, I would have never expected that from Christopher." So, right, right. Yeah, th those are my goals and aspirations. For Surprising this year. them, I love that. Yeah. Um, I will say, uh, it sounds like you're <coughs> trying to live like me. I'm trying to be French. Oh, I'm going to be in New York. I'm trying I'm to work <laughs> in a puffer. Uh -huh, okay. Yeah. See, for me, the whole aspect of being French is that my goal is that I want to work thirteen hours a week. Mm -hmm. I want to be paid. $50,000 a month. Yeah. That's what I mean by trying to be French. Mm -hmm. You were talking about relaxing? Yeah. Because New York is hustle culture. It's, oh, New York is so, yeah. it's just like, being in New York, I honestly feel like that would be my sign to know that I made it. Like, if I- Really, New York? Yeah, like if I get to go to New York and I can make moves and be like, you know, oh, I, I have a commission from this model who works with this brand that I really want to work with mm -hmm. or 
being able to like rub elbows with people at the Met Gala. I'm gonna speak that into fruition now. Okay. I'm gonna be at the Manifest Met Gala. it yeah. in the microphone. Yeah. But um yeah, like being up north. Stop, because the... if you actually do that, I can be like on hot sexy mm-hmm. fly. <laughs> <laughs> Guess who just went to the Met? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um yeah, I think I'll know I make it like same with you being French. I wanna make fifty thousand dollars a month too. Yeah. Definitely walking around my penthouse with only a robe on and white. I wanna be doing nothing nothing just looking for the most pretty. amount of money yes yeah, just to look just pretty. paid <laughs> pretty yeah, exactly um i will say because we just have five minutes here left on the clock what are you working on and do you have any plugs or new releases um right now i am dipping back into digital art um i've been away from it for like a year now and that's not okay for me <laughs> right. so i'm working on that um but i am also furthering my photosynthesis brand my photography brand um so I can shamelessly plug that right now. Right, um, right, right. If you like, I mean, this you know, is this is the place. Yeah, this if is anyways, definitely the place. If yeah. you want like a quick edit or a photo shoot or even an art commission, hit me up on ck.fka on Instagram or photosynthesis.jpg at Instagram. I'm so happy and excited to make art for anyone who's willing to come into my space. Yeah. yeah. If you're if you want to look sexy. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, or hot and or fly. Or hot and fly. <laughs> this is this is where it is. Yeah. Um, I always, I don't know if I've spoken about it on the show, but the inspiration mm-hmm. behind that name was, uh, you know, TLC's album? Mm-hmm. Crazy Sexy Cool. Crazy Sexy yeah. Cool? Hot Sexy Fly. Mm-hmm. Hot yeah. Sexy Fly. Just boom, boom, boom. Right, right, right. I point. was like not going to get copyrighted. Mm-hmm. TLC. Yeah. Sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, any last things? Any last things you want to get out there, Chris? Before we go ahead and close up on today's show. Um, hmm. I think I've said everything that I wanted to say. Trans lives definitely matter. Oh, trans <laughs> Black lives. trans lives matter. Um, but yeah, don't feel feel free to you know hit me up on Instagram. I'm always looking for friends, new people to collaborate with, mm-hmm. and meet potential models. Anything, just hit me up at ck.fk or photosynthesis.jpg. Okay, word. Chris, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. (laughs) (laughs) This has been Hot Sexy Fly with Shayla. Uh, Tune in uh, next week where we will have a local artist, uh, Tyler at Son of Yogi on Instagram. Uh, We're going to be deep diving into more of the physical art realm. Thank you so much for listening. Y'all have a good rest of your day. You are are now now experiencing the magic that is WUAG Greensboro. Greensboro.